Jared. Hello. Let's talk some AEW. Give it a little quick week review. Talk a little bit. Figure out what was important. Maybe not even really address what wasn't. And yeah. move on. That's been my strategy with AEW recently. Live through positivity. Yes. That's how we do this. Yes. That's how we do This is not a negativity podcast. Even though it's Go Home Heat, which is like counterintuitive. But whatever. Face turn, you know. Face turn. We're also going to do a little WWE seg after this. But on the other side, we go A-Dub. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln in a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. All right, now we dove into AEW with... What I thought was a fantastic... They, they always start their weeks off with great matches. And they actually started both shows off this week with really good, with really strong matches. But the Cole... Adam Cole versus Dax match was so good. I know you enjoyed it. You want to talk about it a little bit? Match of the week for me, in my opinion. I, I think... Don't disagree. I think Dax is, is incredible. And I he think is. Cole... I think Cole is good... And he often has very good matches, but occasionally with the right opponent, that kind of almost slows him down a little bit. He'll have a great match. And I think this was a great match. Cole tends to have Adam Cole matches. Yes. And in this match, there were moments where Dax did the wily veteran thing. He grabbed the ropes when the Panama City Sunrise was coming and kept him from going down. There was another move in there where he took, he took something Cole was doing and slid it into what he wanted to do. There were several moments like that, along with the fact that they were doing the... You pointed out how wonderful their suplexes were. Oh, gorgeous. And Dax's suplexes were... Dax is bigger than Cole, so he has a little bit more trouble. I, was, I mentioned to you, I love it when a suplex has an apex. When it, it has yes. a, a significant point where it's at its peak, and it kind of pauses, and it comes over. You don't have to hold it there, but if, if there is a moment where it, it kind of makes it cooler. I, I agree. And Dax does that... As good or better than anybody right now. Pretty much every time he suplexed, it was it was basically perfect, picture mm-hmm. perfect. I think the match was like super well constructed. Yes, like the whole part being Dax getting the whole first part being Dax getting beat up, his uh, ribs getting injured, mm-hmm. into the second part where he's starting to come back, but just a few few swift swift moves to his ribs just debilitate him. Right, and also he was. Unable to hold the sharpshooter in because of... Because of the rib injury. The yeah. rib injury, right. It's, it's smart, and the whole thing felt rewarding to watch. It's uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of matches where there's back and forth, and it ends up feeling... Like, eventually, at some point, someone wins. This felt very rewarding to watch, is the only word I can use for it. The match itself rewarded you for knowing that Dax loves Bret Hart because there was a battle back and forth to get the sharpshooter... Cole, as you said, got the most heat he could possibly get by finishing the match with the sharpshooter on the guy with the hurt stomach who also worships the ground Bret Hart walked on in the Owen Hart tournament. Perfectly That's done. Heat. That's Perfectly straight up. Perfectly done. Right, and he didn't have to hit him with a chair, didn't have to hit him, get him the yambag shot. None of that had to happen. And it also rewarded you for watching the match and noticing the injury to the ribs. I thought Shivani and Excalibur did a really good job of pointing that out a couple of different times if you had forgot. There was a moment where Dax decides he's going to pump the crowd up because he's going for the sharpshooter. 
And that almost lets you think, oh, well, he's gotten through that. It's over. And that's when he falls and can't keep it in. And then he gets pushed off the apron and his ribs hit the the, the railing on the outside. And that's when he collapses and holds him for a second. He checks to see if something. I know. he. I, I love that. Out of all the little selling he did in that match where he like he like pats his stomach and looks at his hand real quick like he's checking for blood. Because right. we've all been there. Some like, right? You get hit and you're like, oh, man, like especially on your face, you're like. You're reaching to your cheek and you're did like, cut me? like, did it cut me? And am I busted open? Right. And with the ribs. It hurts so bad. Right. It's like. And with the ribs, too, you could be checking to see if one's sticking out. Yes. Yeah. You know? If it's cracked or anything. It's it's right. it's such good selling. It's, oh, man, Dak, dude, FDR straight up, both of them. Sucks that his Top singles three. run is now over. Yeah, that's true. Dang. I hope they I hope they figure out that we need to get more of this. Now, what was your second best match of the week? I think, I, I want to say you, you well, I've. Full disclosure, we talked about it. I think you're going Darby Jeff, and that is also a match. And the winner of this, I believe, winds up getting Cole, and we get Darby going. No, Darby loses to Jeff. Yes. But Darby gets the bulk of the offense. Do you want to talk about that a little? Dude, I it, it literal insane person. Darby is, is crazy. I That bump onto the, the, the chairs. Yes. I could not believe it. I yes. was like, dude, no. Right. He's in a ladder. And he got up like a minute afterwards. I was like, dude. He's on a ladder inside the ring. The chairs are on the floor. Jeff gets up to try to slow him down a little bit. Not much. Darby he does what just, he can. Darby I will say, Jeff, chairs. Jeff does a good job of catching him throughout well, the match. Jeff's been there. Jeff's been there. <laughs> you know? And then the, the finish of the match winds up being, as Darby had just hit a coffin drop onto Jeff, Again, as Jeff tried to roll away because the coffin drop to finish the match was in the middle of the ring, Jeff rolls away, thinks he's out of harm's way, and boom, Darby hits him with a coffin drop on the apron, which probably hurt Darby just as bad. Jeff winds up kind of swinging the momentum there, and he hits a almost a cutter, the almost a twist of fate on top of the steel chairs, the steel stairs which were standing upright. Mm-hmm. We get Jeff on the top rope. Darby moves. That turns into what I thought was the finish where Darby finishes when him with the coffin drop. Darby hits the coffin drop, and Jeff rolls him over into the one, two, three. I thought it was good storytelling. Very. I thought the veteran chance taker understood understood that Darby had taken the second chance too many and got him on it. I thought it was really well done. Just, yeah, so fun and just terrifying. Now, your third best match of the day was, was the Ricky versus Jungle Boy. And it was a little bit convoluted down the stretch. We talked about how Ricky's had very good matches, even some that you would say borderline great, say the mm-hmm. Swerve one a couple weeks ago. I agree. But he hasn't had that the match. The yet. match. You right. know, uh, I think that Ricky has the match in him on any given pay-per-view, in my opinion. I think there's – he just needs, like, an opportunity for, like, a TNT title. I don't know, man. Just anything. Mm-hmm. For for me, if if he like next pay per view match could be the match where I'm just like, oh my god, Ricky Starks is is it? Because I think that dude is so money. I think everything that d- dude does is money. The way he talks, the way he looks, the way he he emotes in the ring, everything this guy does, amazing. I, I, I just haven't seen it in like the big match. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a wrestling fan where I love the match. When someone has the match, I, I'm all in on them. Right. And I watched Hangman have. The match at some point in AEW's career where I was like, oh my God, this is the, yeah, this is it. He's different now. He's different now. Right. He's a main eventer. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. I, I want Ricky to be there, but uh, this match was still super good. 
Yes. And and the home stretch there, you had a weird spot where Ricky's help, Hobbs, etc., looked to be maybe getting in the getting involved here. Swerve comes down because he has issue with the FTW crew to begin with. It winds up distracting the referee, which costs Jungle Boy a chance for a pin. The offshoot of all that turns into Jungle Boy losing the match. Christian comes out frustrated with Swerve, pointing at him, telling him to get away. We have where FTW starts to approach Swerve because he's supposedly by himself. Turns out that Keith Lee actually did come to work today. He walks down. There is no fisticuffs. Christian gives Jungle Boy a hug post-match. But I felt like the look on his face might say something different in the near future. It's good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, Christian's Christian's going Christian's to at some good, point man. plant Jungle Boy's head in the ground. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be wait. a kill switch engaged. It's going to be good. Yes. And, and that'll be the kind of thing, too. You can send Jungle Boy anywhere you want afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Which would be good, too. I'm now, imagining after they lose the tag belts. I'm imagining that's going to be the, the the straw that breaks the back. the final straw. Right now, you liked Hater Storm. I did. It was a match in the 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 women's version of Owen mm-hmm. Hart tournament. What'd you think? What, I thought it was good. It. Uh, I think they're both really good wrestlers. I don't think it was the strongest showing from either of them that I've seen, but I thought it was pretty good. Right now, we have Britt versus Storm, which is where this has been going. Mm-hmm. It will be fascinating to see who they pull the trigger on here. Storm's the the fresh new toy. Britt is whom we. Britt does not need to win the Owen Hart Cup to be a star. She is the female, well, that's not true. Jade Cargill is a star. But Britt is the is the other one. Yes. And Britt is the one who has not needed a belt to do so. So do you think it's a shoe-in that she beats the Joker? Yeah. All right, okay, okay, okay. Because she's got to beat the Joker to get there. So, that makes sense. I just don't know who this is going to be, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Athena, Ember Moon. Yeah, I, I'm. I just, you know what? I feel it. If it's Ember Moon, I, I can't. I can't. I just can't see. I can't Britt see her Baker losing, losing yeah. that early. I feel like somebody needs to go over her in the final. Yeah, because that's how you make your star, right? Somebody goes over Britt in the final. Britt doesn't get hurt by it because whoever, go, like, if Ember goes over Britt, it's a big deal for Ember. Very much. or Athena. Yeah, it's a. And she's fantastic, by the way. If and if she, and if she goes over. Then the no, no offense on Brit, but the bell to bells are going to get better. I agree. You know, Brit's really good, but Athena's extremely good. And the other thing is, though, if nobody in Brit's faction is in this tournament anymore, yeah, that's less drama that can happen as well. That's really that takes a lot of the shenanigans out of it. And we know that wrestling companies like their shenanigans. I do like I like my shenanigans in, in small doses. <laughs> okay, now we had we had a match here that mattered as far as the storytelling of the main event Hangman Page versus Punk at All In which was Punk Silver. Silver being the friend of Hangman's and Hangman proclaiming on commentary as he watched the match from commentary that he has Silver's back and Punk winds up Getting the win, he puts Silver to sleep. Dude, he grabs on, the on mic. Buckshot lariat on a buck. Oh my gosh, you're right. He put him to sleep on a buckshot lariat, That's which funny. is a significant shot at Hangman. Then he grabs the mic. Hangman comes down, and he pretty much slays Hangman right there as he's standing there nose to nose. He harkens back to the moments in his promos as a uber babyface versus MJF, which was so smart because a they were in Long Island MJF country. So that 
also garnered him additional heat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he brought back to the, uh, when I look at myself in the mirror, wake up and look at myself in the mirror, I ask myself, am I a good guy? And he said he, he's over that question. And he's on to, am I a champion? And he said the answer is yes. Right. Which I thought, it's it's so smart. Right. Because it, it's, it's, Punk is no longer that, that like, baby, that almost relatable baby face, that, like, questioning baby face. He's really self-assured now into the, like, into the realm of cockiness. Which is what Punk is. Yes, it, it feels almost more naturally punk, which is really funny because you could tell right. he was really eating up the the crowd reactions when they were booing him. Right. Well, you could tell like he comes out in the Islander shirt, right? Oh yeah. And the still crowd still didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Long Islander playing, so he just. I don't know if he went off script or if this was the whole plan. I'm sure that he knows the MJ the MJF crowd is never going to cheer him, so I assume the so Islander funny. thing was an in, it was an inside joke somehow. Speaking of which, MJF comes out in a personalized Islander jersey that says MJF on the back, probably his high school number on the front, 55, as he rolls down and we have a contract signing, Wardlow still handcuffed as if he is Superman, sits at one end of the of the table, MJF slays him and just plays the crowd like a fiddle. They are his friends. They like the fact that he is evil. He says to the crowd, you know, I love you guys. He says, you guys in the cheap seats, you're poor, but I still love you too. It, it, everything was great. It and was an incredible segment. It was incredible. And he, he bloviated for five, six minutes in a row just laying it down. And it all worked to the point in which he does a countdown of how many times he's going to whoop MJF. And he, he says uh, Whoop Wardlow. Yes. He, he called back to the Cody feud a couple times. He called him the roller coaster. Yes. And he also had that little shot in there about uh, his new, uh, contract negotiations, which I thought was very funny. Yes. He also did the ca- set up the countdown so the guy who used to be the perfect 10, Sean Spears, could do his perfect 10 shtick right he, like, there. He took his suit jacket off. He just, boom, hit him with that. Gave him the 10. Then he, then he proclaims, let's go ahead and uncuff him. We've got all these people here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Everyone in the crowd, literally, I saw like four different people going, that's not a good idea. Right? No. And we've set up a Spears, Wardlow. Cage match with cage match. MJF. As the referee, no way he can win this. But if he does, he gets MJF at all in. He has to win. Can't wait. Wardlow lays waste to everything around him. He puts so fun. Oh, the, the lawyer mark through the table. It perfectly done. And and everything about the building of Wardlow into the Batista style superhero is going very well. Works perfectly. The I fact agree. that he has to show up in, in handcuffs escorted is dope. But also He's really it's very cool. But also him wearing the suits. Yes, he looks so good. Giving him that professionalism feel to it all. And he, he doesn't say much when he does. It tends to matter. He's not bad on the mic. He just doesn't use it a lot. That's true. That's also good. It leans into wherever they want to go with the character post MJF they can. He can be strong silent type. He can grab a mic and start surprising us. There are no expectations as to how he is on a stick because they stayed away from that. It's just perfectly done for the character's development. I love it. You love it. Oh, I love it. Right. We're blurring these two, two shows together, Rampage and the other one. There wasn't, to me, a whole lot that really stuck out over those hours for the rest of the thing. And we kind of hit on the high points, I feel yeah. like. Now, Ruby Soho had a pretty good match with Rio. She's going to wind up moving on. 
to the next level. We did have a little thing with Jay Cargill looking like a million bucks along with Red Velvet and Kira, no relation, Hogan come down. Mark is beat up. She was, she was so good on the stick here. I'm so, I feel rewarded for liking her. Yes, I, me too, man. In recent times, I'm always like, you know, nice. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad because like she's just money now. Yeah. She's just straight money. She says, Mark, what happened to you? And the minute Mark tries to explain, she goes, well, I, I'm sorry, I really did that poorly. I apologize to anyone listening. It's like brake noise. He's like, yeah, yeah, just stop the car. Nobody cares what happened to you, buddy. She tells Tony, she always tells Tony to cut the shit. Perfect. I love that. Tony had to explain that there will be someone subbing in for Sheeta. That's going to be Statlander. Statlander Red Velvet is a match we've seen before. They are very good together. I will be very interested to see if the returning Statlander goes over or if the Red Velvet in the faction goes over. Ooh, because there's stakes to this match. Red Velvet is completely different now. She is. She's not the sweet little baby face anymore. Statlander is also not as cartoonish as she once was. There's stakes to this match, man. There is. The evolution of both these characters is here. And this is a this is a pivotal pivotal moment. And you're allowed to have two people, neither one are completely healed, neither one are completely face, and they can kind of let you know which way they're going to be leaning post this match as we do this. Now, I do want to talk about before we go away, or before we go into, before you go away, yes. and we bring somebody in and we talk about that. I'm tagging out, man. Tag, yeah. Before you tag out. Scorpio Sky is doing this thing with Frankie Kazarian, and Frankie, the hard rock or heavy metal rebel, heavy whatever metal it is. rebel. I, I, I want to say I, I believe he's more hard rock rebel. Yeah. I don't. I don't buy the heavy metal part. No, no. I mean, yeah. he probably listens to Metallica. You know, you know what I mean. But, he's not listening to like Meshuggah. Yes, I don't think he's doing that. I don't think he's. I don't think he put Mastodon in. He didn't put Mastodon on the way in there. I don't think. You know, I, I, I see him. I see him throwing some Aerosmith on there. Yes. And like yes, but not new he, Aerosmith. He dives into the old stuff, the I, good stuff. I agree. I he's an Aerosmith guy for yeah. sure. He's the kind of guy that his CD collection. Or his vinyl collection now, or his playlist he used now. I'm thinking CD. Would resemble a lot of people's 8-track collections. Yes. <laughs> that were really cool guys, though, in their time. I agree, I agree. You know, that's, that, that's what, anyway, so we'll move away from the discussion of Frankie Kazarian's record I would collection. almost rather discuss that than okay, then this match. <laughs> okay, so what really winds up happening is we have a pretty good match. I agree. Frankie gets the better of him. He's got Scorpio dead to rights. He's got him in a chokehold. Dan Lambert comes running down, and you know, oh, shenanigans are in play here. And Vince shenanigans are one thing, Tony shenanigans are another, but they are still shenanigans in their own beautifully separate ways and sometimes beautifully eye-rolling ways. And this oh, was one of his beautifully eye-rolling ways. Very much so. Lambert comes down, he distracts, Paige runs through, hits him on the head, he rolls over. We almost get the finish there. Oh my God, Frankie is able to... Absorb that belt hit and hang in there a little bit longer. Loose. Scorpio thinks he's won clean. He goes to shake Frankie's hand. Frankie's like, that dude cheated. He goes to Paige, what are you doing? Paige yells at him. He said, whose side are you even on? Paige, uh, Scorpio turns, blasts Frankie. They jump Frankie. Lambert calls out Sammy Guevara and Ted Conti, who are sitting in the front row. Real heels because fans could sit there. Fan, yeah, fans could be sitting there. He could have sat in 
in Gorilla. He could have sat with Tony in Excalibur. You don't think what do, everything we know about Tony Schiavone and Jr. says they don't mind Ty sitting up, up there with him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, we could have had fans sitting there, but whatever. I'll digress. Sammy jumps the rail. He runs off. He's a everybody. This is a mess. It's, okay, two weeks ago we had Sammy turning, you know, the double heel turn, and now all of a sudden Scorpio was about to turn face, and he wasn't. And it's like they, and now he's, Sammy's back. To, it's like they fast forwarded everything to right I back know, where we started. It, it the whole thing kills me because I love when someone has like a face turn and they they're still with their nefarious buddies. They're like, listen, guys, I want to do this legit. Right, okay, so you just took me where I want to go. Thank you so much. Where this should have gone, how this should have gone. Once you get to the point where Sky pins him, everything's the same. I agree. Then, when they get to yelling at each other, Scorpio storms off. That's all. That's it. That's it. End the show. That's all you need, right? If you want Sammy to laugh at him because they're breaking up, cool. Because now you can go wherever you want with Sammy. Because he hasn't gone back and tried to be a face again. Now you can go wherever you want with Frankie and Scorpio. You can have Frankie, who is on the outside looking in on getting action at all. You can have Frankie going to Scorpio periodically and trying to break up this faction. Dude, if he ends up with a match with him and Ethan Page, all the better. Right. This should have led to an Ethan Page match. I'm I'm, I'm saying that about every single... uh... Every single story they have in the company, I'm always like, this should lead to an Ethan Page match. Exactly. That dude's so good, man. <laughs> he never That's, wrestles. He never wrestles. That's really disappointing. But but then they have the match, and you can go anywhere with that. You can take that wherever you want. You can have Scorpio stay, because the, the payoff doesn't come even in that match. Somebody goes over clean. Probably Scorpio, he maintains his belt. I agree. The payoff is when you think there is no way that they're on the same page and Sammy gets a Frankie Kazarian to have his back or Sammy gets another heel to have somebody you wind up with some form, or you go away from this, the Sammy thing goes away and you get two faces that think there's no way this thing can be held together and then either Scorpio turns his back on the faction or at the last moment when you think Scorpio is going to turn his back on the faction, he stays with them and it was all a ruse. But we had two months worth of programming they could have given us. And they just didn't. And they just, g- no, they did do it. They gave it to us in seven seconds. <laughs> it's just a way. It just feels like a waste, man. It's just they, they took the, the, the path of least resistance when it comes to having anything interesting. Well, and also you're looking at a bunch of people who the only guy you're supposed to like is Frankie. That's it, dude. I don't care about any of the rest of them. I'm not supposed to like Sammy. You've told me not to like Sammy just I recently. Don't, I don't like Sammy. Right. <laughs> right. Not I get not as a human, you know, whatever. He seems nice. But but you don't like Sammy because you've told me not to like Sammy. I don't like Scorpio because you told me not to like Scorpio. Scorpio has just done some things that make me think, "Oh yeah, I remember. They were really cool together when they had uh, Christopher Daniels and they and they were doing SCU. There was a little while there where we liked that. You just reminded me of that. Why not let me think of that for a couple of weeks? Just it's you just need to slow down sometimes. Slow but down. It, it's one of those things where But Tony can't Tony cannot slow down. No. Tony doesn't have that in him because if you listen to him talk, 
He can't slow down. You watch him walk into a podcast with podcasters. He sits down. His eyes are wide open like he has toothpicks in the eyelids, holding them apart. Yes. He is wide open at all times, and he can't take a deep breath, and so his shows don't either. And there, there is good to that. There is uh, the the chaotic nature that people often uh, refer to when it comes to the Attitude Era and all that, where it's just you didn't know what was going to happen, and there was always stuff happen. going on. Right. Makes total sense. But at the same time, it's, it's like, in particular with wrestling, where... There's a lot of like backstage stuff, not not even just backstage politics, but I mean, you never know what what someone has going on in their life. Maybe someone has a wedding coming up, so they want to be written off TV. Stories have to change and adapt to that. So it just I I understand why it just becomes a complete mess sometimes. Putting something off is often better than rushing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, it depends on the situation, but in this situation, one hundred percent would have been better to just put this off. Well, that's the funny thing too, because it that that is the, we talk about it all the time. That is the real dichotomy between WWE and AEW. Because given their druthers, AEW will end it right now. Absolutely. It'll, just, it'll be over, and that'll be it. And it's like, oh. Given their druthers, WWE will take something that should have ended last week, and it will go another two months. <laughs> and, and either way, you know, I don't hate either thing. You know what I mean? It's just it's the way they run their companies, and I, and I have to go, oh, that's right. They're not going to – this thing with Rollins, and we'll talk, I'll talk about it in a minute probably with uh, Crossbones, but – like, Cody goes out to wrestle Thorne for a title. We know Rollins isn't going to let the last two losses slide. You know Hell in a Cell's coming up. Of course. Theory, as much as Cody's tattoo matches the United States Championship belt, he ain't getting that tonight because Rollins is going to jump him as soon as he's, gonna, gets a, as soon as he's about to. So we get this really good match and Rollins jumps him and it's kicked down the road till we get to HIC. That's just the way they do their storytelling. It, it is just it. And it, it winds up being cool in some ways because you get three really good matches between these two people. But it is incredibly predictable on your trip to get there. <laughs> same same thing with this. Like, all of this could have been three months worth of television and instead it was about 48 seconds. Cool. That's, <laughs> that's fine, how you do, but that's man, how you do your thing. <laughs> yeah, don't, you can't be mad when it just doesn't, doesn't feel like it sticks. All right, Jared, thank you so much for coming in here with us. We'll talk to you next time on... You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the GIN Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. All right, this is KP, and I am bringing in my man Crossbones. How you doing? Good, good. Glad to be back. All right, swinging in from the L, the ATL, as they say. You liked that episode the other night? I think you said it was a classic. Oh, Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Atlanta, this, this season of Atlanta has been a masterpiece from start to finish. We got one more episode to go. Yeah, that dude's, that dude's so smart. Donald Glover, man. Yeah, Donald so Glover. He is, he is one of the most underrated writer, directors, slash executive producers, slash actors, slash yeah. rappers. Right. Um, in the game right now. And if he worked for Vince, Vince would say, hold on, let's change the whole script. <laughs> okay, let's move in. Okay, yeah. the week that was, we're going to hit a nice quick week that was in WWE right here. I brought Crossbones in hoping he can help me go through this and talk a little bit about it. We start out with the main storyline that is WWE. We'll just go through both shows, how it went down and how it finishes. 
as we have RK Bro come out. The finish of the pay per view is a backlash. Is Roman dominating the stretch run, getting the big pin? Roman reigns supreme, and the Usos are supposedly done. But RK Bro marches to the ring, lets everybody know that Roman did the bidding for them. That's not they're not really the best team, and we want to unify these things. That turns into the Street Profits. We get this fantastic match between. The, I thought the wrestling in WWE was great this week. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was too. I thought that they had a good. Uh, those, those three teams really worked together well. Street Profits are uh, when they had their title run, you, and they've stayed in the mix. They stayed at the top. They're they're really the, in that upper echelon of top tag teams in uh, in wrestling right now. When I watch Matt Riddle and Montez wrestle, I think stadium headline main event wrestlemania when those two when, whenever the match breaks down to those two i can see them headlining mania together yeah very talented very talented good athletes the way that you know i can feed of each other they they do have unique skill sets montez being this this unbelievable high flyer being able to jump off the top rope get get ridiculous air being able to jump over the over the top rope onto the outside also getting ridiculous air and matt has that that ufc realism with his striking and uh that knee that he has is one of my favorite moves in wrestling yeah and we'll get there and we'll get there and i thought that was a good piece of business too now of course rk bro goes over as riddle is the showcase in this thing and he hits another rko to finish the match which is is nice and then we move into the same program as they start out SmackDown and they begin to call out the Usos. And answering the call, of course, is the newest self-proclaimed member of the bloodline, Sami Zayn. That turns into Orton trying to fool Zayn into accepting this thing. And Pierce comes out and says, yes, Riddle will face Zayn. And then I, I don't think they forced Roman to honor the bet, but Roman wound up telling us he was going to honor the bet anyway later on. And Sami Zayn is a fantastic performer. I love Roman had said, I feel like we're underutilizing Sami Zayn in, in an interview a few months ago. And ever since then, we have seen Sami get to play in the, in the realm of bloodline. And it is so wonderful to see him begging Paul to tell Roman what he's doing for him. And Paul saying your tribal chief appreciates you and, Sammy feeling fulfilled in, in this, and in, in it's all so horseshit and so good, right? Sammy is, well, I was going to say, after his match at WrestleMania, I mean, dude can do anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you could do a match like that and make it believable and entertain like he did, he, he's able to do anything. Now, it, the hard part about him right now, he had that little bitty brush with the Intercontinental title, is finding a program because he's not, he's not going to be in the title program. And they've kind of moved him away from the Intercontinental, Intercontinental belt. So you have to put him in a position where he could be on TV and still be productive and entertain without going after the title. And that way they can put him with Roman Reigns. It's kind of like the, the fourth member unofficial right. member of the of the bloodline and uh kind of stir the pot a little bit and go against these people that you know while the, while the main bloodline is handling their business kind of be like that outside wheel or that that person who who kind of agitates the other the other wrestlers in the in the program with roman reigns and the and the uh bloodline rest and, of the bloodline and also it gives you you know have the, you have this godfather-esque storyline but it gives you comic relief in the midst of that by sammy being the buffoon and he can take the l's 
and you can still have your heroes. Now, he, of course, I, I thought he had a great match with Riddle, and then we fast forward to the, he loses, and we fast forward to Roman saying it's okay for you guys to wrestle for the title. Orton comes down and kind of kind of gives the tribal chief the business a little bit on the mic there. The end of it, I thought it was interesting because the the end of the show is Riddle driving that knee into Roman's face. Ooh, and Roman, with some heat. With some heat, yes. And Roman dropping the two belts and rubbing his face and then sternly telling Paul to pick up his belts for him. And the reason why I thought this was interesting is, you know, Riddle takes the pin on Sunday. And right. Roman goes, you know, he's in the gym and he's talking about, you know, you thought I wouldn't be working and all this other stuff. And the, the company, as well as his himself, have acknowledged that no one is in the realm of Roman anymore. And so he doesn't need to wrestle people and that's okay. We've heard off screen that he may be taking some time to himself, and they have to figure out a way to do this, and I think they're trying. I don't hate what they're doing. But he does say you had all these Hall of Famers in the ring when he's working mm-hmm. out, and then he says, and, you know, Riddle was trying. And so be, yeah. he throws that out there, and then you have Riddle be the showcase of the match on Monday. Then you have Riddle drive that knee home on Roman. And so he gets his he has the showcase with Sammy too. And so you get Riddle, who's the one who wasn't acknowledged as a Hall of Famer, making this an even bigger deal by driving that knee home on on your guy, right? Yeah, and it it possibly is setting up uh like you like you're explaining, that match or or some or at least some more interaction between those two moving forward. Now you're gonna wind up with the Usos RK Bro at SmackDown for the championship. Uh, we probably can guess that that's not going to go all the way. That is a huge main event. That's huge. Right. That's one of the biggest. That's one of the biggest main events that they've had on free television in so long. Right. I, I was going to say, when's the last time you saw a major belt change hands on regular television? Yeah. Let, let's let's wait and see if they actually get to go through. With yeah. The whole match, yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I, but I have, it is a. It is a huge it, thing, yes. Huge, huge, huge right. match. Especially if we get it. Especially if we get it. If we don't, then it's going If we get it, incredible. If we don't, then that just means we get it in a cage. I mean, in a hell in a cell. And that's great, too. So whichever way it goes is fine. Do you think they're going to swerve us? The only there's, there's one roadblock to this. Would they swerve us out of this on Raw? Because they're both on Raw. They're both going to be on Raw this Monday. So I don't know whether they have any interaction. They'll they'll hype it, and I hope that we get this main event next Friday because I am so amped for it. My entire week right now is focused on this match because I I think it's going to be incredible. Do you mind if I fantasy book the Monday oh, God, night main event? It. What I would do is have Cody come out after what happened, and we'll, we'll go through what happened with Cody quickly. Cody winds up having this really good matchup with Theory. It looks like he's going to win the – United States Championship, Seth jumps him, which you you knew from the jump that was what was going to happen. Seth jumps him, and we're going to get them in a cell. They haven't announced it yet. I would I would announce that in a cell, and then I would turn right around and have Seth with the Usos again, Cody with RK-Bro, and I would have that be your main event there. Seth, of course, takes the pin, and then that leads into what's going to wind up being Hell in a Cell with something and then some shenanigans on SmackDown, and then... Like Sammy comes out and screws it up or something. That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. That would be incredible, and uh, it would start laying the groundwork for uh, for the future because that, that I mean, j- just those names in the ring. WWE has more more star power, and they, they've completely done away with the individuals raw roster, SmackDown roster. Whether they have said it or not, that I think that's going away very shortly. And to your point, when SmackDown was the dominant show, they had Becky and Kevin Owens and Seth. On it, right. 
and they took all three of those guys and moved it over to Raw, and suddenly you had, you know, Roman has his show, and they have their show, and then Bianca, of course, she utilizes Becky's popularity to become a star, and right. Seth and Kevin build stars by feuding with people and creating stars. Now we have Cody, and so suddenly, like you said, as Roman could not have picked a better time to take a little bit of time. We have Cody on the, on these pictures with Hell in a Cell. Cody's on the picture for SummerSlam. Cody's on the picture for the uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah, yeah, the match in Wembley. All of yeah. those things, and so we can sit there and we can look and we can say to ourselves, they're going to miss Roman, but this is going to be an opportunity to create real star power for when he comes back. Because what Becky did was she built a division for Bianca to destroy. Right. right? And right. and they need to do that with Cody and them. And then Roman comes back and he beats Cody or loses to Cody, whatever. And then, mm -hmm. th then we have everybody not on Roman's level, but somewhere close. Yeah. You, you need, uh, like you were saying, Roman has laid waste to the entire roster. He's beaten everybody they have to offer except for Cody. Like you, to your point, you got to build Cody up. He's consistently beat Seth, but you need more. You, you need, you need to make sure that when he gets to the point where he faces Roman, he is the most legit challenge to his belt that he has faced. Yeah. Exactly right. Now, diving into the women's division a little bit, I like what they're doing in it. I like the fact that, you know, welcome back, Oscar, for goodness sakes. She's miraculous. Right. And then as Becky jumps Oscar in, in their match with Bianca, we, we wind up, uh, how do I put it? We, we're going to probably get them in a cell. Oscar, Bianca, Becky. They have, Becky and Oscar have great chemistry. They'll be great in a match in a cell. And then Bianca goes over both of them, further placing her in what I what I, I compare her to Cena in that early Cena run and her physical domination of all these great performers. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and then we are slowly below that. We're building Ripley. Rip her uh, her new allegiance with uh, Judgment Day is uh, it's huge. It's a big uh, that's a big time deal to put her in a faction led by uh, WWE Hall of Famer. You have her beat up Liv. And so whenever they get done with whatever programs they want to put her in that involve the entire faction, then Bianca's ready for this massive heel Ripley, which she wasn't before, which I think that's a good thing. What do you think about the Ripley, Priest, Edge, bad guys, and then we have this former leaders of Bullet Club alliance between Finn and AJ? Are you liking where all that's going right now? I, I do. I do. I do think there's a lot of room for this. Finn has just kind of been you, – you need to uh, – we need Finn in something, and I think that this is a this is a good thing. You can rekindle that Bullet Club magic with AJ. Also, with with Edge's faction, you know, I I thought that that Damian Priest had a great IC run, but it, it just topped out. There wasn't anywhere for him to go because they weren't going to elevate him to main event status. But he needed something else to do. So putting him with Edge was a good comparison, kind of like a, a, a like a new brood type deal where you were except this time he's the gang grill instead of the uh instead of the edge of the old so he's a leader you you have one disciple and then you get something that really hasn't been done a long time since dx bringing a uh, female superstar into your faction like a, like a china who was part of that thing so i think that is a very awesome dynamic they're they're just going to wreak havoc until they can get to a position where, where they start challenging for belts they're just going to go around beating up people uh and just establishing themselves as a force 
on Raw. I totally agree with you. And Edge did say he expects them to grow. I like that idea. You know, maybe they bring in Champa. Maybe they bring in somebody we don't know is coming. But in that last promo, he said he expects his faction to grow, which intrigues me. Because then you never know when he's facing somebody who that winds up being. Now, what do you think about almost an MVP? That is a interesting. They're now calling him the Nigerian Giant, so they they have uh, they've changed it. They've changed it from Omos to the Nigerian Giant. I do like do like that having Giant in there. That name brings up the nostalgic, you know, of Andre and you know Giant Gonzalez. You know those guys. The Big um, Show was the Giant for a little bit. Big Show is also the Giant. MVP is the perfect. He's he's a perfect mouthpiece. Bob. I mean, that's the thing with Bobby. Bobby actually has a. He's come a long way in his promo ability. When he first got there, he wasn't that wasn't the greatest at doing promos, but he could do it. Now he, by himself, he's fine. He doesn't need a mouthpiece. He can get out there and say what he wants and do and do a very good job with it. Omos does not have that. He's he's just going to go. Omos is going to go out there and destroy people. I, it's going to say a lot of of their future plans for both these guys. How this goes? I mean, if Bobby beats Omos, then they're saying, "Hey, you know, Omos is good." But we don't see him as a as a future legitimate threat. But if Omos beats Bobby, that means Omos is going to get get that giant push. As we know, Vince loves huge humans. He, that's just one of his favorite things is huge humans. If he ends up beating Bobby in this uh, this next match, and you know Bobby goes on the shelf for a little while or disappears, I, I do not know um, what that says about about Bobby's career because he did have that injury, and maybe he might need a little bit more time off from that. But I do, I do think it's building to him versus MVP at some point. I just, man, I tell you what, I loved Bobby Bobby Lashley's championship run. Yeah, so I really need him to win this match with almost. And if you put him in a cage, the way WWE does cage matches, there is the possibility of Lashley escaping the cage and both guys getting to look strong and Lashley getting to move on and stay in those main event pictures without almost yeah. looking weak. And that's, I think, hugely important. Yeah. It, it is uh, – somebody said on their uh, – I was watching an interview. It's one of the announcers on Raw. I, I was, I, it's a guy who came over from MMA who's doing the, uh, the, the play-by-play on Raw. Right. He was saying that, that WWE, if they want you to be a star – if they invest in you to be a star, you're going to be a star because of the way they handle you, the way the way they make sure that you always look good, you're always booked right, you always say the right things, and you always do the right things. And they can do it for anybody. I mean, the raw materials like Omos has or like Bobby has, it is a uh, it's just icing icing on the cake for them to uh, to get this chance. But you do, I do like the idea of keeping both of them strong. Right. I just had a, a crazy thought that has terrified me. If Omos gets the win over Lashley, then we are on the fast track to another Punjabi prison match. <laughs> that that is no oh, that that was that was bad. That was bad. And, and not to not to not to not to not to this is do you know what the unbelievable thing is? AEW also has a giant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same same almost the exact same. Yeah, I, I saw him the other day and I was like, what what are they doing? What are they doing? It's the it's the it's, it's the it's the whole thing that WWE is doing with the one giant dude attacking everybody and just laying waste to to the entire roster type deal. So it is a it is a tried and true trope of of wrestling to have a giant. But the, yeah, that Punjabi prison match would would be a no no a no go and a thumbs down. Dude, the first wrestling I ever went to was uh, a guy's uncle took me to the Civic Center down here in Pensacola. Andre the Giant 
was booked to be there, right? So I thought we are getting an Andre the Giant match. What happens is Big John Stud walks out to the ring. He has a briefcase full of money, and he says, nobody can body slam me. If anybody can body slam me, they can have this briefcase. Andre walks out slowly, gets in the ring, picks him up, slams him, takes the money, walks right out the building. Giants don't got to do a whole lot for you to walk away no. going, man, I just saw a giant. No, no, it, it's that it's <laughs> yeah. spectacle type of event. Just their existence is a, is a spectacle, you know, because they're huge. Yeah. You know, it's like I tell you, it, it, it's funny. I always tell people, you don't you don't understand the NBA until you've sat on the lower level of an NBA game. Yeah, because yeah. the way those guys move at six ten, six nine, six eleven is so crazy. Yeah. And Shaq was. Did you ever see Shaq play live? I did. I did. Uh, right here in Atlanta and also in Orlando. I mean, Lord have mercy, right? Yeah, it, it, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane for, for somebody that big to be able to get up and down the court like that, get in position. But, yeah, once he got down, there's nothing you could do. No no force. No one was built like that. No one. Like like Hakeem Olajuwon and Dave Robinson, they were big, but they didn't have that size. Could stop it. Right. Tracy McGrady said in an interview last week that Shaq was raised right or he would have averaged 50 a game. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move into this now. Do you like what we got with Natty and Shayna Baszler, Sasha Banks? Oh, the, the tag match? Yes, um, Naomi. Yeah, I do. I do think that that is uh, the one you, you just need. You need opponents for them. Um, Natty, Natty always just seems like the perfect person to align with somebody, right? Right. It's like, oh no, we need a partner. Get Natty out there. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I like I like the Sasha Sasha Naomi team. But yeah, no, I think it's going to be good. I think I think it's going to be solid. They really like like you said. They've got to work on the people below the champions because they have good champions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think the best thing for them. I mean, this is just me. What they have so many good, talented female wrestlers in NXT that they could just team up and just make a team and just bring them up there, like two or three of them, and be fine with a women's division. Or utilize, I don't know if Sasha and Naomi want to do this, but utilize them and bring them down to NXT like they did every now and then. Oh, uh, that would be awesome. That would be you, awesome. Give people a reason to watch Tuesdays. Yeah. You know, and I, now, I will say this, you know, Tuesday night was a, was a very women-centric wrestling show, and I thought it went well. NXT, if you got a chance to watch it, I recommend it. Did you enjoy it? I did. I did. I, I mean, I'm a fan. I, I, I do like the NXT 2.0. Uh, for somebody who uh, – who it reminds me of, of more video game based from, from like the other – from the previous version of NXT. I know what they're trying to do. I mean, and that's one of the things that people kind of get sidetracked. They are trying to build superstars. That That is their focus. That is their goal is to try to get these kids in a position – where they can make it to the main roster, elevate themselves to a level of superstars. But they're right. starting with what maybe maybe some would say. I, I say better raw materials because a lot of them are former athletes who have been in the spotlight, who have uh, just God-given talent to, to showcase but no training. Right. So it's going to be a little bit rough around the edges to start, but you have to get them a start somewhere. Okay. We're going to wrap this up with a quick – and I totally agree with you. We're going to wrap this up with a quick – talk of Ronda Rousey in the match she had with Gonzalez. And here's what I think about it. I didn't like Rousey on the stick any since her comeback. And here was a situation where they said, you know what? Let's just have her wrestle. And she comes out and she says, I'll wrestle anybody. And somebody comes out and wrestles her. Because her comfort zone is physicality. And so when she gets out there with Gonzalez, she sells a little bit for Gonzalez. She puts Gonzalez down. 
It works. And, yeah. she, and, and, you know, if you want Rousey to be liked, talk less, wrestle more. For right now. You know, for yeah. right now. What did you yeah, think? She, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was well put together. Uh, seeing her, that, that was her, uh, Gonzalez's second match on the main roster. And she went toe to toe with the champion, the champion. And it was close. It was close. It won the squash. She established herself, fought hard, made it a challenge for Rhonda. Rhonda being your champion, you know, she's got to win. You got to build that momentum. But I thought she, I thought she handled herself well. I thought it was a good, uh, first match. And, and just to say, hey, she is a, she's a up, up and coming superstar. This was her first chance, but maybe she gets her down the road. And this was planting the seeds for that. Right. And to your point about NXT earlier, they're creating people that can that can fit into any role because they're teaching them to act as well as wrestle. And so when they get them on the main roster, they can be whomever they need them to be. On the on in NXT Gonzalez was a heel sometimes, a face sometimes, she gets to the main roster, whatever we need you can do. And right. and it worked right here and hopefully it'll continue to work for them. Thank you for coming on today. Tell me where people can find you. All right. On IG at Clang and Bang ATL and also the po- our podcast, uh, me and Beretta. Uh, you can find us at uh, Clang and or Bangin' and Clangin' on IG. And then on Twitter, plus Kelly underscore 313. Awesome. Awesome. This is KP. You can get at me on Go Home Heat on Twitter and also Facebook. You can check us out anywhere, Spotify. Uh, the main place, though, the cool place is your Daily Smart. Get the app. They have all things pro wrestling, all kinds of articles you can find, and then you can even find us in the podcast section. Check all that out. Check out our friends at the Gin Project. And go home.